Welcome back to Dice Weave. It's been a while. Did you miss us? I know I did, but life happens. I'll talk more about that during the mid-roll. Long story short, I bit off more than I could chew writing-wise with the Mass Effect season and time travel, so we're changing things up a bit with a new setting, new characters, and a new player. This season will be set in Monty Cook Games' The Strange, full of genre-hopping supernatural mysteries and exploration. Think X-Files meets Magic Treehouse, except there's no actual time travel. But without further ado, welcome to Dice Weave Season 2, The Strange. Our camera starts with a space-eye view of Earth. Focusing on Canada, we zoom into Toronto, Ontario, where we see a snow-covered garden of Casa Loma, a Gothic Revival-style mansion near the center of the city. Entering the mansion alongside a few chilly tourists, we travel down a flight of ornate wooden stairs, past the cafe workers doing some last-minute tidying, and into the gift shop. Through an employee door next to a wall of knickknacks, we find an austere, slightly beaten elevator, one that only goes further downward. Contrasting with the rest of the mansion's regal cleanliness, bits of greenish resin cling in the corners. When the doors open, we are met with the far-off sound of drilling and the smell of concrete and glue. The white-paneled ceiling and walls are blocked by a metal gate and archway, where a bored-looking security guard keeps watch. Splitting off from the checkpoint are two hallways. Down the left path, we find a room with a series of offices and cubicles. A man uses power tools to chisel resin off one of the doors. Slipping into a side room, we find a collection of people gathered at a long table, looking to a man seemingly in his 40s, wearing an embroidered black cowboy hat. He speaks. Welcome, agents, to your first official day at the Toronto branch of the estate. My name is Administrator Theodore Wise, though you may call me Theo, Mr. Wise, or simply Sir. You've all been given briefings, you've all been given varying levels of training, but just in case you missed something, I will make sure you know the basics. You are living on Earth. For some of you, Earth is home. But as you now know, Earth is not the only place one might call home. For reasons we do not fully understand, Earth is connected to a network of dark energy. It has many names, but most simply call it the Strange. Contained within the Strange are multitudinous worlds referred to as recursions. These recursions come in many forms, with many origins. 
Most recursions echo stories from Earth, with some naturally evolving and mingling into new forms. Some recursions were designed and constructed. A few are even cast-off remnants of dead civilizations from beyond Earth's star. Each recursion operates under its own physical laws, many of which differ from the so-called standard physics of Earth. Some support magic, monsters, mad science, or simply madness, while others are much more familiar. Many are populated with people and things, all of which exist according to their context. Sometimes, through accident or artifice, people, creatures, or other objects find ways to travel outside of their contexts. Oftentimes, there is no harm done. Other times, the results can be catastrophic for all involved. What's worse is the strange itself. It is home not only to recursions, but to creatures as well. Like many wild animals, some are just curious about you, as you are of them. But some are so vast and hungry they consume entire prime worlds, like Earth. These particular monsters, planetivores, are what the estate was founded to combat. If we were at the Seattle headquarters, we would have the best equipment and support personnel. Here at the Casaloma facility, graciously acquired from the Kiwanis Club, our focus will be on refurbishing and exploring this facility, general recursive exploration, and fulfilling miscellaneous objectives. That's where you come in. As quickened individuals, each of you has a connection to the strange that grants you abilities beyond the ordinary, the most notable being your natural ability to translate from one recursion to another at will. You will be assigned a variety of tasks, and you will often find yourselves in recursions other than Earth. You will see wonders and horrors unlike any you've seen before. Today, however, you will be aiding in the excavation and repair of the Casaloma facility, while getting to know the people whom you will be working with. You have been assigned to experienced personnel, who have been informed of what needs doing. The names are on a slip in the briefing papers in front of you. Before we split off, are there any questions? He looks around the room expectantly at a room full of, of people. We have Val, Nate, and Kenzie's characters here right now, along with a few others. Um, most of the people here are wearing suits, uh, uniforms of some kind. There are three particularly new-looking people, one of whom being Val's character. Kenzie and Nate are probably standing or sitting in this room as well. Uh, how about we go around and introduce the three of you? Well, I heard my name quite a few times. My character would be one Sarah Wilson, though it's a little more often you hear her called Belle. Sarah's a pretty young lady, somewhere in her early 20s, you know, not polite to ask a lady about that sort of thing. But... Nice, pretty, kind of platinum blonde hair. Always kept nice and braided back. Nice little low bun. Keeping it professional. Simple little pantsuit going on. Freckles across her face and dark, steel gray eyes. Like a flintlock pistol. <clears throat> and she is single and ready to mingle. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> uh, Val, what, what, uh, char- what pronouns do you... Sarah use. Sarah uses she they. 
And uh, how about you? What's what's your name? I haven't we haven't actually introduced you. Yes, hello. I'm new here. I am Val. I am a any all uh, she is easy. So that's usually what's up. But I do not care what you call me. Can I call you Frank? Yes. Hello. All right. Hi, Frank. What's up? I guess since I'm being obnoxious, I'll go next. <laughs> uh, hi, Mackenzie. Uh, former Asari engineer. Kurt, or not Asari. Corian. Former Corian. I was an Asari in the very first episode. Sorry. We didn't even record first, that one, but yes. We didn't even record that one. But former Corian engineer, current member of the estate. Uh, my character is Nav. They are a rather uh, unassuming looking non-binary individual Certainly not in the standard uniform of the people around them. Much more comfort first kind of focused uh, person with uh, not terribly well-kept hair and just a ridiculous pile of notebooks spread out in front of them, taking notes and typing things in their notebook at the same time. Typing things? No, they have like a, sorry, Chrome, like a Chromebook notebook. It is 2009. Oh yeah, oh, y'all. Never it's two thousand nine, by the way. <laughs> they've, got a, they've got a basic bitch tablet, okay? I've got, yeah. I've got. I'm taking notes, handwritten notes. You have a Palm Pilot. <laughs> I have a Palm Pilot. <laughs> I have as many. I have a Palm Pilot, and I also have a Zune, and I also have an iPod, and I also have a like calculator, and I also have. If there is a piece of semi-mobile technology available in two thousand nine, it is. It is somewhere strapped to my person, but I am still taking notes by hand. (laughs) (laughs) Blackberries existed. Yes, and they go with uh, they, them pronouns. Um, Yeah, that's kind of their general vibe. I haven't put too much uh, focus on their individual hair color and eye color or any aesthetic elements because they certainly don't give a shit. Valid. I think they're valid, but they're going to have to do some calculations on that first. All right. uh, I can go next. Uh, My name is Nathan. You may know me from the Mass Effect season as Kane. In this game, I am playing Colin Thulis. He's sitting in his chair with a fairly relaxed posture, uh, wearing a black suit with a pair of dark sunglasses. Uh, were you to remove those, you would see that his eyes are a kind of disarmingly bright green, and he seems to be covering them for some reason. But uh, yeah, basically, he's an agent who's been with the estate for a while, and he transferred to the Casaloma branch with Theo, so he's pretty at home here and uh, eager to get to work. I should also note where my character's position in the estate is. They joined uh, about three years ago uh, or so, maybe a little bit less than that, uh, and uh, have also been transferred from the Seattle base. Basically, as soon as this place started getting off the ground, because their uh, their mentor in the estate was a another higher up member who was brought over here to help set up the uh, the new branch. And Colin uses he him pronouns. Just a normal average dude. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, we also have Will on the podcast. Welcome back. Uh, we'll get to his character uh, in a bit, but you can introduce yourself, Will. Hello. Yes, I am Will, the one with the slightly funny and geographically ambiguous voice. I um, was once playing a little full-of-himself shitbird of a jellyfish. I am now playing someone else. Where is he? I don't even know. I guess we'll find out together. Yeah, we'll do a little scene here, and then I'll uh, we'll cut back in time slightly with you. Where are they? Who are they? They are, in fact, questions. And that's it. That's all I've got to say. <laughs> okay. Uh, we did ask a question. If there are any questions... That was a question that Theo asked. Any comments? Concerns? Nav uh, raises their hand slightly. He looks at he looks at you. <laughs> Nods. Uh, yes. Uh, I was wondering whether or not we had a timeline sorted out for the removal of the resin in my office. That is something that is currently being worked on. I believe. I, I am not in particular in charge of that. Uh, I can certainly ask our head of maintenance, Michael O'Connor, if that's something that I, I can certainly ask about that. Any other Until qu- the drilling stops, I will continue to be working in utility closet B. Good to know. Are there any questions? That is all. <laughs> Are there any other questions? I got a question. Mm. Is this your card? <laughs> he pulls out from behind Theo's ear. He reaches over and he pulls out a playing card. Yeah, okay, so clearly you're sitting relatively close to Theo. Um, <laughs> He's sitting next to him. He's just being weird. Yes, as always, that is my card. Nailed it. Are there any other questions? Sarah just starts applauding. (laughs) All right, if there are no further questions, uh, please check your briefings. Your senior personnel that you have been assigned to have icebreakers and a number of, and your particular assignments in their notes. Oh, uh, Nav raises their hand again. Yes, Nav. Are we going to an Arctic recursion of some kind? What is the meaning of breaking the ice? It is a, an expression here on Earth uh, that refers to getting to know someone and particularly making a first impression, getting to know, like, some people find it difficult to begin communicating with others. And this is a breaking the ice is simply starting that process of communication. Understood. Nev pulls out a distinct notebook from their inner coat pocket that's labeled meaningless phrases and puts um, breaking the ice in. (laughs) Incredible. And then tucks it back in. That one they keep very close to their heart. It's come in handy very often. Aww. All right. So I guess someone, you guys open your books or your files and Sarah you have a couple names, Nav and Colin, as your kind of get-to-know-you staff. There are a few other people in the room who get paired off with other senior staff. 
um, whose names are not yet relevant. I don't know. I'll I'll d- randomize generator them when anyone decides to talk to them. Is there a Steve? Probably. <sighs> Love that guy. Sarah kind of wanders over to the others then. Oh, yeah. Also, you all have name tags. Just to be clear, all of you have name tags with your pronouns on them. <laughs> okay, okay. Walks up and just, oh my goodness, that was such an amazing trick you pulled there. How'd you do that? Well, I could tell you, but a magician never reveals his. And he reaches down and uh, pulls something out of his pocket and... Uh, it is. It is uh, Sarah's wallet. <laughs> His tricks. Uh, Sarah just blank stares for a second. How the actual fuck? Colin is some kind of a uh, close-up magic practitioner. I'm not sure how much that has been a product of his history of criminal behavior and how much of it is due to his work here at the estate. There are stranger hobbies. A little of this, a little oh, of that. Hello, I'm Nav. Hi, hi, I'm, I'm Sarah. Uh, uh, this is so strange. You guys are very fun. I'm just a little stunned. <laughs> Nav looks absolutely flabbergasted to have been described as fun. <laughs> But does not say anything about it. <laughs> so, what, these icebreaker things, uh, are they going to make us tell, like, oh, what's your favorite place, uh, what's your favorite place to go, uh, vacation in or something? Uh, let's look at the booklets and see. Uh, you open up the booklet and I actually have, se- I have a, a blog open with, like, 70 different icebreakers. Uh- God, okay, roll it. a d20. But also, if anyone wants to come up with one, that is also a thing that you can totally do. Ooh, ooh, I have a great one. I have a great one. If you had lost your entire family in a car accident and you had the murderer right there in front of you, do you pull the trigger and murder them? I don't have a family. This question is irrelevant. Colin? I mean, if it was an accident, I don't know if I'd go that far. They seem pretty unrepentant. Question, was there any uh, intoxication involved in the initial incident, or was it simply a matter of insufficient driving ability? There was intoxication involved, and they've repeatedly uh, driven under intoxication since. Uh, For the sake of public safety, it might be a positive thing to keep them off of the road, but I think sufficiently breaking all of the bones in their legs would work. See, look at this. We are getting to know each other so well. It seems more efficient. Um, Theo, who has been standing here the whole time, and a few other people are kind of looking at you like, what the fuck? Um, all right, uh, everyone. Go to your assigned um, rooms and jobs. Do the icebreakers uh, in, in between tasks, if you please, or during your tasks, if possible. And... Yes, I hope to get to know all of you better as we work. Uh, Nav raises their hand again. Mm-hmm. Yes, Nav. Will there be incessant drilling in these rooms that we're working in as well? Unfortunately, there will be incessant drilling throughout the facility until it is clean. 
Um, they have been. <sighs> yes, unfortunately. I'm sorry. Nav pulls out a pair of headphone or uh, earplugs and, and slips them in before leaving the room. <laughs> yes, that is actually a very good idea. If you have earplugs, I recommend using them. We don't want ear damage in this place. A number of the maintenance staff have been issued an, uh, spare earplugs. Talk to any of them. It should be easy to acquire some if you should need to. Otherwise, they leave them unguarded in utility room C. Apparently, they also See, that do that. that is pretty helpful information. Yeah. See, look at you. You are just delightful. You have all... You have so many just fun tidbits. Thank you. <laughs> okay. I'm enjoying playing this character. <laughs> They're under no obligation to feel liked like, um... <laughs> Zira. <laughs> Um, okay, we are going to cut away as you guys head start walking out of the room to go um, to a particular... You guys are going to go... I'll, I'll describe that later. But Will, we're going to cut back in time a little bit um, to earlier in the day when you are just arriving. Uh, Will, what's your who's your character? So, my character is Peter Bardwell. He is a relatively scruffy-looking, unassuming man in his mid-twenties. He wears a vaguely uh, a suit that looks like it has seen better days and has a is has a bit of a has a bit of a scruff and um, a bit of a stubble. Has slightly uh, wavy, short but kind of messy hair, um, and he has freckles and. As of currently, has a has a little Spider-Man bandage on his oh. cheek. He wears a he wears a pretty heavy-looking backpack, and and eternally at his hand at his side, he carries a little notebook with a with a pen kind of attached to the side. Notebook buddies. Occasionally, he will take out and just kind of scroll down things on. Cool. You, earlier in the day, went to the St. George station in Toronto. Uh, it's a pretty busy station, decently busy, anyway. And you went into a back room, it's labeled maintenance, and went through, found a door with uh, a keycard reader, which you then swiped your ID, and went into a, down a series of stairs. Um, I believe there's also an elevator in this room, but you could have taken the elevator, um, to a, another smaller much smaller subway tunnel below st george station which you then took to the casaloma estate facility where you checked in and you find yourself in the locker room where you can collect your maintenance gear um some they have some power tools that they've been uh, they have ready because we're drilling resin and digging they've got some like pickaxes basically this stuff's not particularly hard but it is a lot this entire facility was flooded with resin it seems like and all i can do is just chop it out and you meet up with one of your friends in this locker room owen hey peter what's up how, how you doing surprisingly well still not used to this place it's uh wonder what you know, I know that part of the whole gig is to not ask questions, but, uh, I mean, just, you know, I mean, this is easily at least the fourth 
eerious place I've actually done official work for. Uh, Fourth well, eeriest? They pulled. Did, did you hear that they pulled another like frozen body out last night? I mean, how is that not eerier? Where where have you been that's eerier than that? <sighs> oh man. Uh. So, well, there was this. One time in high school, when you know what I, what what was that you said about a body? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean, whoever was in this place before, they it, I feel like they didn't get a chance to evacuate, and it's kind of freaking me out. I'm hoping to be done with this job before whatever happened to them happens to these weirdos. Just instinctively, without him realizing it, Peter's notebook is open and he is writing stuff in it. Wow, that is, uh... Man, I can't believe I haven't seen any of that yet. Like, frozen? Like, are we... We dig a nice here? I thought it was just this <laughs> resonance. Where have, you, where have you been? Have you missed the fact that there are just kind of bodies in the... Uh, when did you start here, anyway? Are you... You're one of the... You've only been here a few weeks, huh? Yeah, no, I, uh... Needed work, uh, lost job went... Well, I was... They laid me off along with all of our other employees. Uh, mm. Something to do with arson, didn't quite catch it, but... Uh, <laughs> he looks at you incredulously. <laughs> found this post and they didn't really, uh... They didn't really say much. It was like... It, it, I uh, was kind of just browsing postings. Pay was surprisingly alright. Didn't ask... T- they, uh specifically mentioned us not asking questions and beginning to really tell why this this does sound kind of creepy but like man I, it well, was it's all right I'll, it, I'll probably work it out in due time usually these things usually work out that way this is near the shawarma shop i like <laughs> <laughs> uh okay man i'm um, just just saying um early on when we first started excavating this place You've seen the offices, right? They're looking pretty nice, actually. I think we've done a pretty good job. But they were... A lot of the desks still had people in them. We just kind of chipped, cut around them, cut the resin, and wheeled them out. Because what else do you do with 40-year-old bodies, I guess? I don't know. I'm not in charge. Oh, thank God. Like... In ice, it's, like, it's resin. Was it like a dry ice sort of so, situation? So, because so like- I'm talking about like a resin. It's it's this green resin um, that you've been mining. Oh wait, that's what you meant. Oh man, when you said frozen, I thought there was like interesting. I mean, I've seen I've seen this stuff. They've mostly put me on auxiliary work. I think that you know intro stuff. Think they're trying to gauge me, but man, I didn't realize they they fit whole ass bodies in there. Huh. You know, so like, I suppose we aren't really allowed to talk about that. Well, beyond, obviously, this stays between us, but, hmm, shame that. Man, you, you think, you, you'll think they, you'll think they let me work on them today? I mean. I mean, I, I don't know. It's, stuff is ooky spooky. I don't know. He starts, like, grabbing some stuff uh, to, like, go, like, chisel whatever. <laughs> He's still here, but, like, he's on, he's clearly ready. Peter, like, writes just a few, quickly transcribes the, uh, who was, Krita was basically kind of transcribing the conversation this whole time, and shuts the notebook and was like, man, I did need a new chapter. This, well, 
you know, it'll probably work out. Uh, besides, this sounds like promising stuff. Oh yeah, how's your book going? It's going well, I think. I, uh, you know, I've finished that, uh, documentary about, um, you know, just hit history of Mothman sort of thing. P- posted online, caught like a couple thousand views, I think. It, was, it went better than the D- Bigfoot one, but I always knew that Bigfoot was kind of overdone, like, frankly, but honestly, this whole, I mean, it's interesting stuff, but it just feels like I'm retreading ground, and frankly, I haven't seen much of it. Much. So I've, uh, started working on my book again. Was kind of lacking for information, had the folks, uh, the folks had crash-landed on this planet, but, like, when the world do you even put on a planet that was set by, like, alien slug people. I mean, they don't even have arms. What, what was, I kind of wrote my world building into the corner with that one. You get uh, you get interrupted, actually, um, <laughs> by um, the head of maintenance. This man, Michael O'Connor, like, he's suddenly there behind you, and um, this guy's like, he, he's Caucasian, just this very bald man um, in custodial gear. Um, he, he is actually referred to as the custodian by some people fondly and also not fondly. It's just kind he, he's, he's definitely kind of off putting. Um, and he says to you, Peter, your presence is required in the central chamber. You will be mining there today. Right, boss. Sorry, boss. I'll be, get right on it. He kind of hastily stuffs his notebook in one of those, like, side satchels in the backpack that are, you know, those things you hold water bottles on. It's a pretty small, compact notebook. It fits. You probably have, like, a, a like a tool belt or two, like, of stuff, pockets and whatnot. Yeah. And he will give, uh, Owen, right, Owen a cheery wave and, and say, like, well, see you in a bit. And, uh, kind of says, uh, so, Bart, uh, am I finally gonna get to see the, uh, main site? I mean, I was been hearing all sorts of stuff about it. Oh, right. Yep. Sorry. No questions. I'll I'll get right on he it. S- he stares at you unblinkingly, <laughs> and it's like it's like this. You're lo- you look at him, and he, it looks like he's just analyzing you, but also just completely blank. <laughs> Roll to determine if this guy has eyelids. He do- He has eyelids, but he doesn't have eyebrows. Oh, fascinating. Right. Right. Yes. Uh huh. Get right on it. It'll become clear enough soon enough. And he'll... Man, this is... It will indeed become clear. This might actually be a fun job. <laughs> Funny how things work out. Been so bored lately. I fucking love this guy, just to be clear. <laughs> oh, yes. This entire group is already wonderful. Yeah, no, this is wonderful. I'm I'm in love. Okay, so we will now cut back forward in time a little bit. Will, you actually... You've, we, we're actually going to cut to this um, chamber... Within the Casaloma underground facility, there are a bunch of rooms. I didn't really plan the layout of this place because that's difficult. Um, I planned out some of it, but like more like there are things that exist and how they connect is eh, question mark. I'm really bad at geography and also like <laughs> building planning. Uh, if someone else wants to help me with that, that's... Uh, Anyway, but importantly, there is a at least one floor below where the offices were. And like on the office floor, there's like a cafeteria. There's some lodging, which Nav would be very familiar with. Most not a lot of it has been 
cleaned out, but like there's enough for the few people who are not comfortable living in Toronto. But you both are going to find yourselves in roughly the same area. There's a large chamber that is still pretty full. It's about halfway excavated of this resin. It's it's like 20 foot tall ceiling, probably more. I'm actually really bad at distances. Imagine a big cave because it is very clearly a cave on some of, as you can tell by some of the walls as it connects in. But there are some rooms that the three of you, the three are, are agents, you find yourselves in this big chamber. It is, there is, there's this resin dust in the air. Will, you have been working on uh, just kind of chipping away at this wall. There are people coming and going with wheelbarrows. Where it's going, it's not a big deal. So that someone's figuring out where to put this stuff. I think as you are chipping away or drilling, whatever tool you're using, um, you can see a body in there. And there's also kind of this weird cracking in the in the resin, like or it. It's like a weird a, a pattern of cracks that are visible deeper in the resin that I think you're digging towards. It's pretty close to the body as well. Um, the other three of you are in a room just kind of off of this chamber that there, there are a number of rooms around this chamber. A lot of them aren't unpacked yet, but there are some tables and part of your task is analyzing any documents that come out of the resin or part of it's just kind of an excuse to be separate and like have your icebreakers, but every once in a while documents get over, get brought to you and um, there's a little bit of archival work just kind of putting stuff into the stacks and like alphabetizing and whatnot um, for other analysts to kind of be able to do. And more importantly, you are kind of chipping away at the actual, you're doing the smaller work of like getting these files out of the, out of the resin. You're like breaking the resin so that it's not just a block of like weird glass basically so that it can actually be read later as a way to like keep your hands busy while you're doing icebreakers. Nav pulls out a small digital camera and takes a photo of everything they pull out of the resin before taking diligent notes on what it actually is. Sweet. They also have a pocket full of SD cards. My God. You'd probably need those too, considering it's 2009 SD cards. Those are not big. Exactly. (laughs) They were not very good. They max out at like what, maybe one gig if you pay sixty bucks. Uh, Two thousand nine SD cards. <laughs> oh my god, you're googling this! I am up to two gigabytes. Oh Jesus! God. Nav is aware that this that we are in the process of digitizing everything as a part of the estate, and therefore believes that this will be helpful in the process. Oh, okay. There are thirty-two gigabytes ones but like they're they're not big i mean the estate would probably have pretty good ones but there's a lot of things to take photos of anyway yeah continue uh sarah is just like kind of absent-mindedly chipping away at the resin like not really paying too much attention to it it's very just like has like this drill in hand and is just going at it while just kind of chatting at everybody else <laughs> uh, like so what did you say your name was again uh nav Yes, Nav. Nav, well, you are a delight. And what was your name, Magic Man? Colin. Colin, okay. 
And, right, right, uh, sorry, I'm not sure if I introduced myself. Yeah, um, I'm Sarah Wilson, though you might know me as Belle these parts of town. <laughs> do you flex when you do that? A, a little bit, like, oh, it's a little unconscious, but like, you know, you see the, you see the arms kind of flex a little bit under the pantsuit at the, the little jacket. Sarah, who Belle. is notably, like, is Sarah buff? Oh, absolutely. Like, absolutely ripped. Jack like, Southern uh, Belle, I love it. <laughs> completely, yes. She just looks a bit, she's like, you know, like five, six, five, seven, so a little taller, but mostly just a little stronger built and then just absolutely ripped under this pantsuit. Like, gets a little warm, cut chipping away at the resin, pops off the jacket and ties it around her waist and just like absolutely buffed to hell and back. Nev uh, looks them up, at, uh, looks her up and down, uh, but not in a like leering kind of way. Kind of like you'd look a statue up and down if you were trying to figure out who made it and find a like tag on it somewhere. <laughs> uh, and then uh, asks, "How long have you been with the state? I don't remember seeing you in the Seattle branch." Oh, I wasn't with the Seattle branch. I'm a little newer around here. I've been here in Toronto about uh, dang, I think it's coming up on seven, eight months now. Uh, I've been with the estate for at least most of that. But wait, hang on. I've much less of that. Ah. You're, this ah. is your first official day. Oh, damn. Like, you've, got, well, you've had damn. some training, but this is, like, your first, like, official day on the job. They were on oh, an off-campus training site. Yeah. Ignore everything I just said. Oh, I've, I've been here in Toronto for about, uh, what, two, three months now? Uh, first real day here, though I'm a bit of a you know, fresh blood going around here. Interesting. I suppose I should respond in kind. I have been working with the estate uh, for the last 2.5 years. I transitioned to this branch when my uh, mentor at the Seattle branch was uh, offered a position here when they opened this new facility. Am I in the room for this? I think you're nearby. You're drilling away. I guess, hmm, we can have- <laughs> He drills a hole into the wall. <laughs> No, I'm just imagining. I'm imagining Peter is like overhearing this conversation and getting progressively more distracted and like paying less and less <laughs> oh, yeah. attention to where he's drilling. Yeah, accidentally uh, drills through th something that's not resin. No, yeah, <laughs> accidentally drills through finger. Uh, so you can also see um, within the oh, resin. No, the body's been damaged. Oh, God. Um, so this is actually a good point. I think the table that you guys are at is probably in the room. It's it's so that it's can, things can like easy traffic moving around. Um, so yeah, you can overhear this conversation. Um, there you can also see like so there's some um, there are some other people in the room working on like getting some uh, just like control panels, old control panels um, that are contained within the resin, and there uh, you know couple, uh, there's a body getting shipped out. Pete is kind of at 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 this point like uh, he definitely kind of came in power tool in hand he he when he saw the bodies he 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 made he made like a slight little whistling noise and uh but no he didn't really look particularly shocked enough and he he drilled pretty close to one kind of maybe poked around at the vague outline and then that kind of at that point once again took took his uh, notepad out of his satchel 
is it, and is at this point, like, having inched himself just a little bit closer to overhear this very interesting conversation, is currently doing this fascinating display of power drill in one hand <laughs> and then notepad kind of balanced precariously on his knee as he's scribbling something in what is now very messy handwriting. Now, true talent. <clears throat> Nav notices this and nods approval approvingly in his direction because of the notebook. <laughs> she pull out her notebook and like hold it up. They they have so many notebooks attached to them. I can't imagine they feel the need. <laughs> so I have a question. Does Nav write with two hands simultaneously? Is that a thing that they can they do? They are capable of that. They are ambidextrous. Yes. Incredible. Uh... Nice. Absolutely monstrous. I love it. This was a skill that they taught themselves, like, immediately. <laughs> it was just recklessly inefficient otherwise. Peter will notice them nodding and just kind of, like, kind of gesture, like, pointed himself with his power tool <laughs> that is still running. <laughs> uh, me. Uh, uh, hi, am I allowed to talk to you? I, I was pretty, like explicitly told that I wasn't supposed to ask questions, but God, is that hard right now. Is it, you're like, do you have like the authorization or, you know, don't worry about it. I, I, I'll, I've got stuff to do. I can't oh, no, what's up, sweetheart? <laughs> uh, oh, uh, hi. So, um, hmm. You guys seem important. My name is Pete. Peter. Peter Bardwell. Um, Hello, Peter. Well, one of those three. You, I, uh, new, uh, new hire. I don't think I'm like your kind of hire, though. Frankly, I mean, I, I understood all the words you were guys saying, but uh, I, the context is lost on me. Uh, don't worry, though. I, my my lips are sealed. I don't think anyone would believe me anyway. I mean, if they didn't, if they didn't believe that time I ended up in Monaco. Uh, <laughs> You were surprisingly astute for a maintenance technician. It's a pleasure to meet you, Pete. Hello, Peter. I believe that would be the full version of your name, yes? That'd be correct. Yes. I'm quite impressed you managed to gather that there was more going on here from our conversation alone, although I suppose the bodies are not typical for the neighborhood. No, no, I mean, I've seen bodies before. That's not that abnormal, but like... (laughs) First first time, like, uh... Like... This, I mean, you know, I would think it was some sort of liquid nitrogen ac- accident if it wasn't so green. What what in the world were these guys up to in here? It's an A-standard material for this neighborhood, certainly. As a small note, when Sarah heard the, the bodies aren't typical for this neighborhood, kind of glanced down at her body like, yeah, you're right, I'm above average. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, we have a hot himbo, but a lady. I love it. <laughs> the most brilliant of herbos. Uh, Colin. Colin looks over at Pete and he, like, square in the eyes. And he says, I am very close with director Theo. We worked together back at the Seattle branch. And if you breathe a word of anything you heard here today, I will kill you. <laughs> wow. Now nah, I'm just fucking with you, man. <laughs> you can chat with us if you want. <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, you sure? Because, uh, I mean, well, frankly, I, I don't even know who Director Theo is, and, uh... <laughs> Director Theo is the one who would be responsible for killing you, should you involve the... You've any... probably heard the name. You've probably heard the name, um, of Admin Theo, because he's kind of in charge of this place, but he's definitely above your pay grade. Like, but just, just like, in passing. Oh, yeah, wait, actually, come to think of it. Oh, yeah, he's the guy that's paying me, by through several layers, I think. I, I don't think they want me knowing much. First, I mean, if I've had jobs that are stingy about the details before, uh, though seeing the bodies, I think I kind of get it. Hmm. Uh, oh, hell, they trust anybody like a, a screen door on a submarine around here. <laughs> <laughs> That's such a good line. <laughs> Nav takes out a notebook and, and writes, writes that, that down, down with a question mark and the word origin next to it. Origin. Dragon Ball Z abridged. But also, I knew I was playing a southern character. I did my research. I have a list of these. Good. Has Dragon Ball abridged been released at time of this ex is this meeting I, that's worth noting because it may or may not have it had not been no uh, 2008 but, uh, it, it was a saying it was a <gasps> that episode was not out by then that one that one dropped in 2018 okay fine i know way too many details about this but it was also just a saying before that so mm -hmm. that is just where yeah. i learned I it i looked it up for the Moth mothman podcast <laughs> uh anyways um Nav says, while it has been quite pleasant getting to meet a member of the maintenance staff, I do believe we have activities we are meant to do, either ice breaking or actual administrative tasks. Right, right. Yes, of course. I uh, get get right back on it. Uh, pleasure to meet you guys. Hopefully I'll see you around. And uh, is that, like, supposed to be glowing? I'd, I mean, like, everything else is, I mean... Kind of makes sense. Well, not really, but I'm sure it will. But uh, I just can't, couldn't, can't help but notice. And he kind of points to, as Lexi mentioned, the part of the ice that's... It's resin. It's not ice. <laughs> resin. <laughs> the part of the resin that that is emitting a glow. Nev stands, like, right in front of them. Maybe a little bit too close, but clearly not intending to. And says, Peter... Unless you would like your life to be significantly more complicated than I would believe it currently is, you should not dig too deeply into the goings-on here. Hmm. You know, uh... However, if you do desire a life that is significantly more complicated, perhaps we should just take you to the director well, don't threaten me with a good time, but... Nah, fuck, rent's up soon. I, uh, promised myself no more misadventures for the next week, but, uh, moment, moment I have that sorted away, then I'll take you up on that offer, how's about? Certainly couldn't be more interested in my junior year. Uh, Nav nods and, uh, <laughs> offers their hand very, like, stiffly. Contractually. <laughs> Transactionally. <laughs> Yeah, it's extremely transactional. It's like, oh, yes, this is a contract. <laughs> uh, oh, I've uh, done the social. All right. It's a pleasure to meet you, too. And he will shake it 
you'll like grab it and kind of shake it with a little bit too much energy. <laughs> Nav nods, turns 180 degrees and goes back to the table. <laughs> well, I hope you have a good rest of your day then, Pete. Don't get road hot and put up too wet, all right? It's nice to meet you, Pete. If you stick around here, you're going to have a lot of misadventures to tell about. Well, I uh, suppose another one for the Falcon, right? Anyway, right, yes, don't get fired. I have a job to do, and yeah, no, have a good one, y'all. And um, he'll shelve his notebook, kind of stick the pen behind his ear, and he will keep on drilling. And, like, kind of drilling around the person. He seems kind of headset on fully excavating the body, but he's he's keeping an eye on the glowy bit. Uh, Nav asks the group, uh, Query, was that an example of breaking the ice as previously discussed? Actually, I think it was. Away, yeah. yeah. Fantastic. They open the uh, meaningless phrases notebook and add a note next to breaking the ice uh, with a date and time of the experience. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because pretty much isn't the idea of like icebreakers that. It's like, oh, here, get to know this person. It's just kind of something to uh, uh, get to know somebody else. Indeed. So yeah, that uh, that seems like a bit, that's about right. They go back to scanning different documents with their digital camera and taking notes on each of them. Okay. Um, I think we can have some time pass. You guys continue to do these things, make some small talk. Will, I think the body is probably excavated within a pretty decent time. The stuff is not actually that like hard. It's just there's a lot of it. And uh, I think you are getting a lot closer to that glowing bit. So much that it's like death. Like before it was like kind of just a discoloration. Maybe it's glowing. Maybe it's not. But now it's definitely glowing. And it's like, you know, I think that raises some questions. He'll like... He'll, he'll walk over to it. He'll, he'll squint. Does he see anything or does he just see a glow? It's like cracks in the resin that... Oh, is one getting a little bit closer? Is that like a branch of glow? Is that a little bit more? He'll, he'll poke the resin. D- does anything happen? You poke the resin and that... It's almost like the cracks turn towards you and are definitely starting to crack more. This is moving. Something's in the resin moving. Is there a noise? You can probably hear a little bit of noise. Uh, it's, it's Well, no, you can't hear it because it's too fucking loud from all the drills. Okay, right. I have earplugs in. I forgot about this. He'll take a step back, kind of just set the power drill down to the side a bit, like, and... Once again, he doesn't even realize he's holding the notebook, but he is. And um, he'll be like, is is that? Hello? I uh, wasn't under the impression that anything was alive in there, but uh, am I talking to a glow right now? Are you you talking to the wall? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. (laughs) This, This alerts Nav's attention, and they come over with their camera to document this. (laughs) <laughs> they actually pull out a small digital recorder and camera, a separate one from their photography camera. Jesus Christ. <laughs> God damn. 
uh, that is not normal. I'm filming this. <laughs> you all can visually see like the glow cracks moving, and it's move. It's starting to move faster towards the surface. Nav pulls out their pager and uh, dings uh, some uh, admiral. Admiral, or not the admiral? The uh, what's his name? Admin Theo. Theo. Ad- and uh, sends a little note to Admin Theo. Strange occurrence in central room. Just that's it. That's it. That's the whole thing. Okay. <clears throat> They're very the direct. Briefing here. I could have sworn they told me something about. Lord knows I know. I didn't even know there was going to be bodies. I knew it's too busy thinking about slug people. I mean, I just thought it was a maintenance job, and well, I suppose it still is. Colin, you have slightly more experience than I do in uh, operations here, I believe. Yeah, I don't know what the fuck that is. And he pulls out a uh, Samsung Vice cell phone. <laughs> this the phone that I had in high school. It's a slider phone. Uh, he pops it open and he 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 dials uh, Director Theo and he's like, uh, "Yeah, we got a situation." From that, he'll Pete will turn around again and be like, "Oh, hey, it's you guys again." Uh. You guys uh, know what this is? I was uh, sick during the debriefing, and I'm sure this is part of protocol. Th- He's notably only taken one step away from I think it. He, he's firmly planted. At this moment, that glow reaches the surface. It, it like speeds up and cracks, and suddenly there is a blinding flash of light and fractalized energy that lashes out, and suddenly Will, or sorry, uh, Pete... Before you guys' eyes, fucking dissolves, and then uh, just before a flash, like, overtakes all of your senses. Well, that character didn't last long. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Pete. Damn. But I liked Pete. As you were facing away, suddenly the world erupts with light, and for an eternity you feel yourself pulled inside out and disintegrated bit by bit the nerves of your body being rearranged by a toddler with broken puzzle pieces you know that if you I assume this hurts a lot you know that if you had a body you'd be in excruciating pain but you haven't had a body in years or was it seconds you're falling the walls of the world are thinning, and the all-important physical laws that your body instinctively followed wisp away. Laws? Nah. More like suggestions from a 30-year-old horoscope. And then you slam into the ground, those suggestions very much being laws that you will very much be following. Your moment of self-important omniscience lifts like a dream as panic sets in. You're still falling. Sliding, really? Off a concrete ledge. Make a level two strength check to catch yourself. <laughs> oh, I am not good at these. Uh, remind me what I roll. Uh, so the way that rolling dice in this game works is I set a challenge of one through ten. Uh, the target number is three times that number. So a challenge level of two is uh, you have to roll a six or better on a d20. If you have any skills or assets or tools or anything that might help you with the check, it reduces the challenge level by one. You can also spend extra effort. Right now, you can only spend one effort, but it will be cost you three 
um, in this case, might points from your might pool to spend that extra effort to reduce the difficulty of the check by one. Well, I suppose if there was ever a time that Pete would spend effort, it was after a weird bout of cosmic apotheosis and then also now being falling. So yeah, he'll do that. So that turns it down to difficulty one then. Okay. Uh, so spend three points from your might pool, mark them off. Um, yeah, I have eight might points later. I have my, sorry, no, I have, I think I start with eight points of mites and now I'm down to, my pool is down to five. Okay. I take it you put most of your points into other things? Yeah, in, in, in speed, I uh, did not touch my, Fair. he d- didn't, wouldn't make sense for him to be a strong boy. Okay. Um, so yeah, uh, you, all you have to do is roll a three or better on a d20. Six. Sweet. We take this. Uh, you manage to grasp onto the concrete and like cling to the edge and like start to pull yourself up. Your legs are dangling. You look down for a moment and your legs are dangling into a greenish, bluish, like tangled wet. Like it's like if space was a soup made of noodles of the, the golden ratio, everything is just a bunch of like tentacles but it's it's not like the tentacles are physical they're just kind of there and it's all kind of this whirl of stuff and you pull yourself up onto a concrete kind of platform where the other three of you are also standing you all kind of are dumped here onto this platform which is actually really is actually really a floor now that you look at it it's just that looking around You find yourselves in a broken place lit by electric lights. Sections of concrete floor and ceiling are split by a garish green void filled with undulating fractal spirals and shades of blue and violet. Metal shelves slowly rotate in the air with like metal and cardboard boxes just kind of sitting on them. They're just kind of there as if kind of ignoring gravity as they gently turn. And some of these shelves are really like they're like industrial shelving units some of them are really tall and there's kind of these like dark pooling shadows underneath them different sections of floor float at different distances Um, and this is where you guys are now what the fuck nav pulls out a new sd card and puts it into their digital recorder and then starts recording again oh my what the fuck just how am i not dead Colin helps pull Pete up from the floor. (sighs) Uh, Sarah is just like looking around and suddenly just whips out a gun. (laughs) And it's just like defensively looking around, looking ready to throw hands. Yeah, you might as well have one of those. Oh, what in the second worst headache of my bloody life? Take a deep breath. This kind of stuff happens. <laughs> Nav pulls a notebook out from their bag labeled Strange Training. Uh, can I get any information on this from my my knowledge in the strange, my strange lore abilities? Yeah, go ahead and roll. Um, it's going to be an intellect task. Um, what What specifically are you looking for? What kind of thing? If I understand what the phenomena is that's currently occurring, like the tr- the transfer or the like, um, the like floor being shattered w- into like a weird void of green. Uh, the transfer and the location, whether or not I know why we got here and where I am. Okay, where you are is going to be harder, but the why or like the the kind of guessing at how 
is going to be, I'm going to say the guessing at how is probably, uh, for like a real basic knowledge, is just going to be a level one task, which I believe your skill knocks down. Yeah, it's my intellect is at, uh, my pool is at 17, and I've got strange lore as a skill. So. Yeah, the strange lore, I believe, knocks it down from one to zero. Because this is some, I think that's some basic uh, information. Like the the, if you had to guess, just looking around, it would seem that you have traveled through an inapposite gate of some kind, or somehow there was a, an inapposite phenomenon that has transferred you from Earth to a recursion of some kind. You don't know where. It looks like a warehouse. If a warehouse was fucking shattered by space. The actual green stuff, I'm going to have you ro- have it be a level three task, which is knocked down to two by your skill. Okay, so I just have to get... Six or higher. Six or higher? Yep, unless you want to spend effort right. or whatever. Is that from my pool? Uh, yeah, you would spend three points uh, reduced by your edge, for by your intellect edge, if you wanted to spend that, so it would be two. So, two points, so I will just go ahead and do that, because I have lots of them. Okay. I rolled a 17 anyways. Cool. What you see beyond this warehouse floor is what's known as the chaos sphere, the place between recursions, the like void that makes up the strange. It is that you are this like what you are seeing beyond the walls of the world, basically it like is the strange itself, the dark energy network that is connected to Earth that contains recursions. It's a place that you can travel. It's a place that you have been, which I just realized you didn't have to spend that because you've fucking been there. You you actually would know. So yeah, give, take your points back. You recognize it as the chaos sphere. All right. It seems the maintenance crews, while uh, uncovering whatever happened in the former facility here, have accidentally tossed us into the chaos room. I'm gonna need a little bit more detail if you could manage that. What, any idea of what that means for us? Well, it depends on how quickly we can leave, otherwise our bodies will start falling apart, likely. Oh, fuck. So notably, something that you would be very familiar with is alienation, since you have been to the chaos sphere. You're not feeling those effects. I'm not in touch with my feelings. (laughs) You're not having this sensation of having your, like, brain dissolved by, like, not by being out of touch with reality. You are... Fair, fair enough. <laughs> um, if you had to guess, you are currently protected by whatever recursion you're in. You seem to be within it still. Okay, well, if I know that, then I'll explain that then. It occurs, it seems as though the small recursion that we have entered, this warehouse, is protecting us from the alienation effects that the chaos realm would generally apply to our brains so we are not going to go entirely insane immediately well that's good would have been you however hard to pay rent without half a brain we're likely exposed to it directly i that's great i don't know how to feel about that i uh man didn't think i'd be saying this today but they but this is new what did you say this was chaos realm you know, if I start asking questions, I'll never stop, and then maybe our brains will start melting. Just I think at this what do we point, do? the non-disclosure agreements that you signed may be null and void. I'm not sure they, cro- uh, they cross uh, the sort of dimensional type of rifts like this. Oh boy, this has got me sweating like a hooker in church. <laughs> <laughs> 
I pull I pull out my bag and get a uh, small plastic water bottle and hand it to them. Oh, thank you. Takes a swig. I I I assume none of my possessions actually made it. No, they did. Oh. Everything was, you were like taken apart and put back together. It may have been in a different order, but it all seems to add up to the same thing. Huh. Entire. I'm 90% drill. Do I have my notebook? <laughs> yeah, even? yeah, your notebook's here. I, I, I'll open it and then just close it again. And just like, and later, I, huh. How do I have this? If anything, I think this would just be part of my spleen or something. I, so, do you all saw that right i uh what happened to me it didn't feel like i existed i don't even really know what i felt like uh i mean i've done some sh- i've i've taken some stuff in the past but that that was new and you know usually a uh, a hangover doesn't involve a chaos orb of brain death i uh, you said this is a usual thing for you guys i i wouldn't call it usual but uh d- it's certainly a little bit out of the ordinary, a little uh, unexpected, at least. Honestly, I'm just surprised that you're not having a dying duck fit about this. <laughs> you kidding? This is the uh, most interesting thing that's happened in months. I mean, God, I... Months. <laughs> what is this boy's <laughs> life? What the fuck? Eat! <laughs> I mean, really, now, it's like... I don't know, it's like things were getting a little... Say me, I suppose, but this. <laughs> oh man, I uh, I really hope I'm not dead right now because this is fantastic material. Besides, nobody would buy it anyway. No, Pete, you're not dead. Well, you sure? Uh, g- give me a second, and he will just punch himself in the face. Ah, no, ow, that's okay. I don't remember dreams this real, and. Why didn't you just pinch yourself like a normal person? Oh, bless your heart, sweetheart. I've tried that, but uh I mean, frankly, I was I wasn't even sure I'd feel it. I mean I I mean uh been stuck in a freezer before and you, at that point it's like do you even feel your face? But uh frankly right now I'm amazed I even have one. Colin, you didn't happen to get through to the ad- uh administrator when you were calling him before this? Well, I don't exactly get a signal in here, so it's hard to tell. Hmm. Alrighty, so, okay, Nev, you seem to know at least more than the rest of us about this. Do you have any idea of what we should do to get out? Well, the last time I was in the Chaos Sphere, I was rescued by the people who are now our employers, so based on that previous experience, I would recommend sitting very still and not touching anything. Until we have re- been retrieved. However, I do not know whether anyone is aware of our presence here, and therefore that may result in us starving. Is this helpful? Definitely gave me more to work with. Huh. The shadows around you guys seem longer. You know, I want to ask if this is normal, but I really don't think I have a frame of reference. Normal is entirely relative. You are correct in that assumption. Uh, Nav walks to the edge of the floor area they're on and just attempts to get a better view of things. Okay. Uh, looking out into the Chaos Sphere, it, I mean, it looks like Chaos Sphere. It's, it's a maddening void that is 
possible to navigate with the right understanding, but it's kind of just a wild nonsense. Um, if you look around the room, though, there are these like deepening shadows in the room. There are boxes that all a- appear to have labels on them. The there are more cracks in the walls uh, and ceiling. The, these like cracks of void kind of converge um, somewhere in this warehouse. Though it's kind of hard to see past all of the like floating shelves and bits of floor. You can also see kind of further away. There's a less voided up area, um, and particularly there's a wall and what looks to be a like a control room or, or an observation room up. Just kind of it's lit with lights. But these shadows are starting to creep towards you. I recommend we move to the area least in line with the shadows' movement towards us. I can calculate the exact rate, but it seems a little unnecessary given the situation. I concur. Let's get the fuck out of here. Yeah, Sarah's trying to like nudge everybody further away from it, is keeping herself kind of between the shadows and everybody else, staring them down like that's gonna help. <laughs> so this is bad, right? Nav walks at their totally normal rate towards the control room. Okay. Yeah, so you guys start walking, and um, if you want to get there quickly, you'll have to start jumping across some gaps, but there are some paths that you could follow that kind of twist and turn that could get you there. But as you're walking through um, this warehouse... These areas tend to have these very dark pools of shadow. So it's kind of a question of, do you jump across this spooky void and potentially fall for eternity? Or do you walk through these like areas of mm, concerning darkness? Or do you do something else? Nav looks directly at Peter and says, which type of tools do you currently carry for the maintenance work you're doing? Let me see power drill, uh, some screwdrivers, spanner. I mean, frankly, they mostly had us just clearing the resin and refurbishing anything that we could access that wasn't covered in resin, and not sure why we're even calling it resin. This is green and crystalline, but, uh, well, that's... I mean, because it, it's it's pretty much consistency of resin. It, it's, it's resin. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> He doesn't know where resin is. <laughs> has he never? Wow. Among all of the crazy things that this boy has apparently done, he has never like touched amber or like epoxy. Incredible. Never known what it was when he touched it, probably. Mm. Hey, that's just a funky rock. Uh, <laughs> Fair. It is basically a funky rock. So nothing that would be able to take apart these shelves to build makeshift bridges with i suppose and yes he absolutely will have a very arbitrary i love the fact that he is very arbitrary in weird gaps of knowledge of things he has and hasn't seen so this is canon he he doesn't actually know what resin is um fuck (laughs) (laughs) i've got uh i've got some duct tape on me but that's about it other than uh my gun and my knife but uh if i don't know how uh physically talented the rest of you are but I might have some extra stuff. Uh, let me just... What did I bring today? Uh, let's see. Lighter. First aid kit. The shadows are creeping much closer. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. We gotta... D- who's physically... Key? Who's fit here? Okay? 
Uh, oh, fuck, it's just me? I've got decent speed. Can I take a running jump at it? It would be a speed roll. Okay, I will, with very little change in attitude, just immediately start sprinting <laughs> to jump okay. across. Um, I'm going to call this this gap a level three speed challenge. Um, it's not too bad. It is kind of onto a somewhat slanted surface, but it's not like... Uh, it's like a 20 degree angle from where you guys are. Grabbing onto like a um, a shelf when you make it across will probably help, but it's not like you're going to just slide off. I got a 10. Well, Sarah was going to suggest uh, hopping across and uh, being there to grab anybody if they struggled, but uh, that plan's gone. <laughs> um, okay, so Nav takes a running start, jumps across this gap, it seems pretty fine. You're you're okay. You're across, but behind you guys, these shadows are. Is that a head? Is that a face? Kind of. Oh no! It's kind of three D now. It's coming up from the floor, and uh, it's starting to form into sort of a creature um, that is starting to hiss at you guys. There might be a few of oh, them. That doesn't sound good. Time to move. Jump. Uh, I'm uh, Sarah's jumping. <laughs> okay. Uh, do you want to spend any points for this? Nah. Okay. Uh, so go ahead. It's a level three task. Uh, do you have? Wait. You have? Do you have any skills in this? Yes, I am skilled at uh, jumping, running, and climbing. Incredible. So it's level two for you. Uh, that is a twelve. Okay. You make it across. Oh, a uh, thing that I forgot to tell you guys. Everyone gets one XP for be- for discovering this crazy place. Yo. XP is a thing that is, it's a currency for this game that you get to spend on rerolls as well as like advancement for your characters. But I, you get it from discovery and whatnot. And I'm going to try really hard on and like put, give it out <laughs> and remember that. But yeah, you make it across. Um, who's next? It's all right. I'm going to run for it. That's a nine on the dot. Hell yeah, you make it across. Woo! Well, I might as well, and he will jump for it. Seven. I don't think that works. I might... What happens now? Okay, uh, you just go for the jump. Um, but, you know... Uh, hmm. I think... Yeah, okay. I think you go for the jump... And but this creature starts to reach out towards you, and I think it just like snags your foot. As it touches your foot, your f- you can kind of feel like life force being drained away, and you're gonna take two points of damage. I think you do make it across, but you're going to end up having to grasp the edge of the the floor, or be caught or something. All right. Ah, damn it! What the hell was? Your foot, like the spot where your foot was touched, um, it's almost grayed out a bit as this shadowy creature is rising up and it gains a little bit more substance. Hello, welcome to the mid-roll. I'm Lexi Conwell, your host, editor, and administrator. My pronouns are they, them, theirs, and I am very excited to be doing this show again. First things first, the unannounced hiatus. Back in December, I was exhausted from Diceweave Mass Effect and was going to take a short break, which I had intended to announce before a trip to Canada. It slipped my mind. 
When I returned, I was immediately embroiled in some household drama compounded by seasonal depression. By the time I had the energy to announce an official hiatus, it just felt too late, so I didn't. Thank you for bearing our silence. Second, what is happening to Diceweave Mass Effect? In the Mass Effect season, I introduced nearly unfettered time travel. I built mechanics and rules, but the scope of it was just too broad. I wanted to have an Ars Paradoxica-style multiversal time travel conspiracy. I knew where it was going, but not how to get the cast there. Time travel is difficult in a scripted medium, and as it turns out, nearly impossible in an improvisational medium without either very clear direction or it being set dressing. The plot I was writing fell apart before it even left the page. Call it a learning experience, one we will not be returning to. Ironically, about three months into the Mass Effect season, I realized that I just wanted to be running The Strange. The time travel was there partly just to introduce weird alternate timelines and setting differences, but there were too many options and little to ground it all in. The Strange provides a framework to explore genre and setting in a much more grounded, small-scale way, which is really what I intended Diceweave to be in the first place. This season, Adventures will, hopefully, be more digestible and episodic rather than grandiose and falling apart. Hopping into different worlds will hopefully keep things fresh and exciting for us as well as listeners, while being rooted in the dozens of hours of world building I've done for the Toronto estate. Honestly, we'll go till we get bored or find a good stopping point, and then we'll find something else to do. There is also the potential for us to interweave some other one-shot adventures unrelated to the Strange campaign, which may or may not include different cast members. While there are no specific plans yet, I do have a friend who expressed interest in running a D&D one-shot. We'll see what happens together. Thank you so much for your patience with us. I think Season 2 will build on what we learned from Season 1 and be a better experience for everyone. Now, agents, let's get back to the action. Uh, can I use my, uh, premonition to figure out something about this thing? Uh, you could. You could also, uh, try and roll and just, like, figure out what it is. Um, like, some kind of knowledge check to be like, do I know what this is? I'll do a knowledge check first. Okay. It's going to be a level two intellect task. Level two intellect. So that's aim for a six. Yes. Uh, what is your skill regarding the strange? Regarding the strange? I have strange lore. Strange lore. Uh, what does it, does it say anything specific, like what it applies to? Uh, general training on topics regarding the strange. Uh, to understand related phenomena. Uh, related phenomena. I will count it for this. So it's only a difficulty one. I also have sense something strange. What's that? You can sense whether creatures of an alternative recursion, creatures of the strange, strange ciphers, or other related phenomena are active in situations where their presence is not obvious. You must study an object or location closely for a minute to get a feel for the situation. So I probably should have known that earlier. Okay, I mean, this is obvious. This is, um, eh, that's fair. This is clearly a strange phenomenon. But regardless, I rolled high enough, so tell me about it. I also have that ability. Okay. Yeah, both of you are strange. Um, we haven't said our character sentences yet. Do I have my abilities now? Yes, you do. Oh. Yeah, so basically what happened to you, um, even though your character doesn't yet know this, uh, you have been quickened. You were not quickened before, you are now quickened. 
uh, which means you get a character sentence like everybody else. I had a feeling as much. Um, I believe Nav is entirely aware that he has done this, but does not feel the need to let them know because it's not relevant information at the current moment. Mm-hmm. Can he, like, subconsciously, while thinking, what the hell is that, also just accidentally invoke premonition based on what the hell is that? Um, you could, you could also, I would also allow this to be under the skill, like, strange knowledge, which you have as a paradox, the same skill that, um, that Nav had. If you wanted to do the, par- the, the premonition thing, you could, um, but starting with the skill is probably useful. I'm gonna just explain what this thing is. This is what is known as an inkling. Inklings are creatures of the strange though creature is not really the right word they're more like absences in the strange they can sometimes make it into recursions most notably they are basically a living erasure of things whatever they they basically are the inversion the absence of a creature or object or something that once was here that somehow through whatever means, whether it's other inklings or um, just something weird happening, part of the world was erased and it left behind this inkling. They're relatively small and not particularly strong individually, but they tend to be in swarms and those swarms can be spooky as hell. Do I need to roll something to glean this or do uh, I just... Go ahead and... Yeah, let's just have you do a d20 to see if you would have known this. And so that your character... Like, if your character just suddenly is like, huh, I think I will because you don't haven't done any studying on this. I will give you a... Not an asset, the opposite. The, like, a detriment. So it'll be a level two task for you after your skill. But this is just to see if you, like, suddenly have this knowledge. Somehow I have lost my freaking dice roller. Um... I have physical dice, not that I get to roll them. <laughs> I have so many goddamn dice. <laughs> Val over here is a fucking dice gremlin. <laughs> I have 17 um, pounds of dice. Man, my rolls are shitty today. Uh, can I expend effort for this? Or, well, I guess I can't do it retroactively. I, I rolled an eight. Uh, an eight is enough. Oh. Because uh, it so I buffed it up to a level three because it, with the detriment I don't remember the specific wording like the specific term for it right now I'll figure that out later um, and but then your skill your paradox skill of strange knowledge brought it back down to a two so you only had to roll a six so you actually also know what this is um, or at least you have some kind of like instinctual understanding of what it is he has an inkling do I know what it's called or do I just know what it is. I think you know what it is. I don't know if you have a word for it. Oh, good thing. Good thing it's just one of them this time. I do not think I have anything that, uh, that in here that would contrite erasure. How did I know that? Welcome to the club. <laughs> All right, Colin? this is real sweet here, but it's time to fucking move. <laughs> Jeff just like shoving everyone along like, come on, I'm fucking go. That thing is right. madder than a wet hand on a live wire. Jesus. So where are you guys going? Are you guys go- heading towards that lab room? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At the very least, that's what I'm doing. Okay. Nav, look that direction. I trust Nav implicitly. They are an excellent judge of character. Clearly, they like me. So we're following their instinct. Have I indicated that I like her? You gave mild approval. Ah, yes. I... 
I don't think Naf knows whether or not they've implied to anybody whether they like them or not. I think it's just not something they're aware of. Oh, absolutely not. But Sarah has definitely run into it and gone, oh yeah, this is my friend now. Anyways, Nav is moving with purpose towards the lab room and uh, asks, Sarah, Colin, do either of you have any weapons and or abilities that you think would be able to handle these inklings so that we can at least hold them off until we figure a way out of this situation? Well, considering uh, your legs looking a little uh, fucked up there, Pete, I'm assuming we should shouldn't be fucking with this thing up close and personal, so my gun's about the best option I got. I've only got the one, though. The one gun or one round of ammunition? Oh, I have plenty of rounds. I just have the one gun. Okay. Noted. Colin? Well, I don't have any weapons, but I do have my charming personality. Incredible, but also not the most useful at this exact moment, I have to say. In fact, I'm not sure why you listed it along with our resources in this situation. Oh, I suppose, Peter, do you have anything? I mean, I suppose it would hurt to stab that thing with the drill, but with all due respect, I don't really want to get much closer to it. Ah, this hurts. Reasonable. I merely have my pocket knife on me for this occasion, as I was not preparing for a recursion mission. I don't believe that is terribly effective again this this particular situation. Nobody happens to have a bottle of high-proof alcohol on them. Hmm? <laughs> okay. I look directly at Colin. No, why do Was you Was that ask? like a question? Yes. Oh. Uh, shit, what kind? I, uh, <laughs> <he'll>... <laughs> Does he have, like, a flask or something? <laughs> he was... He pulls out, like, a, uh... Admittedly, I don't... Don't exactly have much. Money was running a little thin, but you'd be amazed how many people ask for a drink. Drink in my lines of work. Um, pulls out a, uh, like a half-open bottle of very discount gin that probably would hurt to drink. Uh, that being said, this the stuff isn't great, so if you're trying to numb your sorrows, this... No, who am I kidding? You seem to know what you're doing. What? what why do you need this? The shadows around you guys, like, are starting to close in, and they're clearly, like, more inklings. Um, like, they're, they're clearly swarms of inklings that those pools of shadow, like, they're kind of coming out of them. Somebody has a lighter, nope, nope, right? Nope, 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 fuck this goddamn shit, move! Sarah's gonna try and shoot. Go ahead and make a... how does this work? I'm sure I have a lighter in my bag of magic tricks. <laughs> Honestly, I have I already have stated to also at Lexi at some point if we want to like actually ascertain like what I what I am carrying as much as I enjoy like I like the idea of him having a bag full of just random mostly not very helpful miscellany it seems in character it, but uh, obviously we could lab out what's actually in the backpack perhaps yeah I mean. There's, I mean, I'm not going to get, like, too specific. Uh, this game, I don't really want to run inventory like D&D. That's fair. Um, of, like, you have ten rations and six torches and three tinderboxes and one, like, scroll of five books or, like, five pages or whatever and, like, an inkwell. I'm not, I'm not that interested in that. Like, things that you generally could have reasonably, um, I'm probably not going to, like, really stop you can i finish what i was trying to do yeah what are you saying 
I was going to ask if anybody has a lighter. I think it's entirely reasonable for at least one of you to have a lighter. Oh, well, that that one's easy. I will pass I will pass her the lighter along with this, like, uh, half-finished bottle of really shitty gin. I rip a small part of my shirt off, soak the, gla- the fabric in the alcohol, shove it into the bottle, light the end of it, and throw it in the general direction of the shadows. Okay. Um, this is a I'm Molotov cocktail. To, I'm actually going to have to split that up. Fair enough. I think it, you're going to have to, I believe, stop to really kind of do that, or at least not move very fast, which lets the shadows, the inklings, move in a lot closer. So you're going to, I'm going to count it as an action to make the Molotov. Um, I'm going to give everyone else an action. They can keep moving if they want. As well. And then the, and then the inklings will uh, have a, an action. Yeah, uh, I'm fucking shooting these bitches. Okay, so uh, make an attack roll. It's going to be a speed roll, I believe, because that's that's the the thing. And it's going to be a level two task. Alrighty, and I do have I do have one question, quick. The inklings—they're all considered different like targets. Yes, kind of. It's a little wonky. Combat in this system is not like the focus, so. They are sort of different targets, but I'm not going to, like, get too lost in the weeds with it. But if possible, I'd like to spend a might point for my bash attack. Can that be done with a gun? Nope, never mind. It is a pummeling melee. Forget I said that. I am shooting the bitches. (laughs) Okay. Um, I believe you can spend three speed points, like, extra effort to increase the damage by three. What's, What's your handgun deal? Four damage. Four, and then I believe you can spend extra effort to increase the damage by three instead of reducing the difficulty, if that's something you wanted to do. I only have one effort. I'm going to save that. Well, you can do it on any roll. Oh, okay. Levels of effort are things that you can spend on any given roll, but only once per like action, basically. And an, an effort is three points of whatever pool reduced by edge. Yeah, absolutely then. Fuck these bitches up. I have rolled a 14 to attack. That is plenty. So four, five, six, seven. Um, One of these inklings, which was starting to get uh, a lot closer, it was like hissing towards you and becoming much more substantial. I think it was the one that actually grabbed Pete. You shoot it in the face and it just kind of poofs away. It's, It's dead. There are a lot more of them, but that one's dead. Well, we can at least shoot them. It's all the good news I got right now. I, uh... I don't think he is quite in a position where he'd be actively tapped into any additional powers, so he will, I guess, uh, rummage, maybe like, oh right, no, tool belt, I'm wearing a tool belt right now, I will just take a wrench and I'll like, if I can do this while backing up, obviously backing up is number one priority, at this point he is thoroughly shaken. But Basically, uh, you can spend your action on either making this attack and moving an immediate distance, which is like 10 feet, It's, um, or you can spend your action to just move a short distance, which is more like 30, 40-ish. It's, it's, it's kind of vague. Um, it's more about like focus of what you're trying to do. You probably wouldn't put too much distance. So like move, he'll move an immediate distance. He did, probably doesn't want to stray too much from um, Nav and Nate's character, whose name I've already forgotten. Colin. But, uh, 
So, like, he'll take a few steps back whilst keeping a healthy distance of the people who seem to know what's going on. And then he'll just kind of take a, uh, he'll take a wrench from his, uh, to from his tool thing and just be like, well, I, maybe this will do something and he will just yeet it. See what happens. <laughs> uh, go ahead and roll. It's going to be a level two. Check. Seven. Use your special attack. Yeet. <laughs> yeah, okay. This wrench is... The nearest one. I Okay, the nearest one. Basically, some of these inklings are more substantial than others, and I think you throw it at one that is more substantial, and it, like, hits it in the face. You didn't spend effort to increase the damage, unless no. you want to. Okay. Um, it hits it in the face. Uh, this is a... I'm going to call it a light, light weapon, it's, which means it'll deal two damage. It hits it in the face and it kind of falls to the floor and the inkling like gets hit and it kind of hisses at you, but seems otherwise not dead. That is corporeal. What the fuck? The wrench falls into the void as it slides off the floor. <laughs> Colin? There isn't a lot I can do right now, so I think I'm just going to book it to the lab. <laughs> a logical decision. Okay, so you just run towards this like observation room or whatever um, which is up above but I think you can see that there is an elevator near the like at the at the ground I think there's one more gap that the th four of you are going to have to do but you're going to be able to jump that next turn whereas the other ones will have to get there first okay uh, the inklings are going to all kind of surge forward and now they are kind of all surrounding you except for Nate mm. I think a few of them have caught up to you because these things are actually real fast when they're flying, which they can do, but they don't attack you yet. They're just kind of wisping around in shadows and it's, it's very disconcerting. Um, they will be able to hurt you next turn. Uh, next turn. I didn't roll initiative. I've, it's fine. <laughs> Molotov. Molotov. Okay. Uh, you light this Molotov, and um, what do you throw it? Well, I mean, presumably you throw it. Yes, they're not used in many other uh, fashions. Yeah, okay, so you light it up, and you yeet it. Uh, roll. Okay, I got an eight. Okay, that's plenty. So, Yay! say a Molotov. I, this is like a constructed thing. I'm not really going to calculate damage right now. More important, like you hit one in the face, uh, let's say it deals four damage. Uh, you built this thing, you threw it, it lit on fire. More notably, though, a lot of the inklings shy away from the light. There's a burst of flame, and actually I think this one in particular kind of um, like falls to the ground as it's on fire and starts to kind of writhe around. The other ones shy away from the light. Oh, boy. Pete, you got a flashlight in that box? Yeah, why not? <laughs> Hmm. I mean, yeah, maintenance personnel, you, you, like, you're doing a lot of stuff. You're probably, you could be going into vents. I, I will accept a flashlight. Sounds good. I will, like, uh, unshelve a flashlight from my toolbox and toss it over. Okay, uh, if you want to toss it, you're going to have to make, how far away are you? Probably, uh, just a difficulty one check. Four, barely. Oh my god, I have not rolled double digits all day. Watch it roll a one and the flashlight just goes off into the void. <laughs> yeah, honestly, that's kind of why I made him roll, just in case. <laughs> Would have been funny. Kind of sad now. Who's catching it? Yeah, I assumed I was catching it. Okay, so yeah, you now have a flashlight. 
immediately turning it on and like at the inkling is like really hoping something happens because otherwise oh boy she's gonna have to be shooting at a close range here uh the ones that are like directly next to you um shy back um but as soon as they're out of the light like they start to come back in so you're kind of having to sort of push them away but it's not the biggest flashlight like it's it's a tube flashlight it's not like a big thing um so you're gonna have it it they'll still be near you but there won't be as many um attacking you which is relevant for swarm attacks but you still have an action if you want oh i do um just i've been shining a flashlight i'll yo yo uh if basically if you want to move uh, yeah, I'm definitely keeping moving. I'm trying to keep with the group so that the flashlight is kind of acting as a barrier between these things and the rest of us. Okay. Nate? I'm gonna make the jump. Okay. I'm gonna be nice. It's a still a level three task. This one is... It's not too bad of a jump. Um, also, remember, everyone, you do have ciphers. I gave you all one to start out. Oh, Yeah. I can just see in the dark. Mine would not be useful here. Well, I rolled a seven. That's not going to do it. Okay. Aw, I liked Colin. That, that's not good. Okay. Uh, I think, okay, I think you're going to have to make a might check to, like, grab on and not fall off. And I'm going to call it a level two as well. Or I'm going to call it a level two might check to, like, not just fall into the void. All right. I'm going to... Spend an effort on that. That's a 16. Cool. You are now hanging on to the edge, or like, I think you grab onto the strut of a book of one of these big shelves that is just kind of floating. I think it's a little bit further down. Like, you can actually kind of see underneath um, the floor um, as you're kind of dangling into the void. Uh, you see a big box kind of floating by it's like a big black cube the size of a room a small room but a room it's far away it's not close enough for you to like touch or get to or anything but it just kind of lazily floating by i think that's everyone so the inklings five of the inklings or a number um, are going to attack nav make a speed defense task of um four challenge of four so if i wanted to use effort points on that what would i do if, if you want to spend effort you will spend three points from your speed pool um to reduce it down to a level three that's all i can do um if you can think of anything i mean i could turn around the view screen on my camera Hmm, that's not bright enough. Actually, I will... The Molotov is pretty close to you. I will actually count the Molotov as, as an asset. So it'll actually be a difficulty two task total if you spend effort. I am a kind administrator. Okay, I will do that. Uh, Thank you, God. You're welcome. <laughs> I got a 20 anyway, so I would have been fine. Oh, a 20 is um, actually a special thing in this game. Oh. Um, 19s Yo. and 20s are special. Uh, 19s are minor effects. 20s are major effects. So a very good thing happens. Uh, what are we thinking? I think my Molotov cocktail, like, really starts lighting shit up and it kind of builds a firewall against them. Not necessarily against all of them, but, you know, a much more effective okay. barrier than a flashlight. Uh, yeah, actually, let's... <laughs> Is there a floating oil drum in this warehouse? 
I don't know about an oil drum, but I think there was. I think the fire starts licking at some of the boxes, and I think something explodes, um, and like shoots a, like a bunch of flame out. The inklings are stunned by the like bright flash of whatever was in one of these boxes, and the rest aren't going to attack. Yo. As they kind of shy away, back to y'all. And I start moving towards, you know, the place as soon as I'm done. Mm-hmm. Doing that. Yeah, obviously. I think. Yeah. Um, so I, I think I'll let you guys have been moving um, in between each of your things. So I think the rest of you can be now at the jumping spa- spot. Do we see Colin? Yeah. <laughs> Watch out! It's a doozy. Alrighty, Sarah's gonna try to go first so that she can uh, attempt to help if anybody else struggles. Okay. Uh, so yeah, go ahead and make the jump. It's a level three task, reduced to two by your skill. If you have any assets or abilities or effort, you can use them now. Hey, yo, what's up? I'm skilled in jumping, and you know what? My dice are being kind to me today. I'm relying on that. What's up? It's an 18. Okay. Yeah, you make it across. You're just fine. Uh, anyone else? jumping i don't think i get to because i already so that was a defense task uh that was not your turn well i suppose in that case i will attempt the jump as well with the same running start as i did before okay so what do i have to hit right now it's a challenge of three so you have to hit a nine um if you want to spend effort you can reduce it to a target of six Um, if you have any assets or anything you can think about those can I use a calculation to make my 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 jump extremely good? Uh, what does that do? Let me just pull up the exact. Yeah, having the exact wording would be lovely. They're figuring out the vector of the angle of their jump for their parameter angle velocity words. Actually, though. It's my focus allows me to do it. Um, She's going to beautiful mind it. I, do, I, mm-hmm. I basically know how to beautiful mind things, yes. Uh, this would have to take a round, so never mind. I'll just give it a shot. Uh, observe or study a thing for one round. Next time I interact with that thing, the difficulty is reduced by a step. Gotcha. So yeah, you'd, you'd basically spend an action to study it, and then um, you'd be able to go. I'll, I'll just take the risk on that. I might just use a little more effort just in case because I can restore it when we're out of here, theoretically. Yep. And I got an eight, so it's probably good that I did that. Yes, that is good. That is enough to to make it across. You leap across. Um, I believe the people who are left are Will and Nate. Is that right? Well, Nate's hanging off. Is anybody going to help him? Can can we get Sarah and Nav on that? Actually, um, if I can take my action, I'm just going to like look at... Look at uh, Nate's uh, lad and just go, oh God, this, this is, what do I do? What do I, it's gotta be. And I'm just, without thinking, I'm going to reach a hand out and cast Levitate Creature. This is something <laughs> I can do to allies to perhaps bring them up, rise them up a little bit. Is uh... Yep. Uh, you can bun- bend the fundamental force of gravity on a creature or object that is within long range. Wow. Yeah, so basically... Uh, I believe it's. I believe it works on allies. I'm going to count it as working on allies. Um, but yeah, they hover just above the ground, able to take actions. But yeah, um, target floats an immediate distance over the ground for one round. So you're going to spend two points from your pool, which was reduced by edge, of course. 
Um, so it'll be only one. And yeah, so Colin, you get suddenly picked up. What, what does this look like, Pete? So Pete was kind of just kind of like... Also, he's accidentally the jellyfish again. <laughs> God damn it! Why do I only make the jellyfish? <laughs> <laughs> but I love the jellyfish, so I'm glad to have him around. Uh, uh. Pete will. I mean, you could kind of see him like after getting done, like rifling through the rest of his things. He looks. He's kind of like look. He looks from Colin to the uh, Inklings and back, and is just like for the first. He's he seems to almost have reality, the reality of his situation, and the fact that this is. Even by his standards, way above what he's fucking used to, like set in on him, and he, you could, his hands are kind of ringing together, and as he's saying, like, what can I do? He, kind of, without even really, like, almost without even looking, without even realizing, his right hand reaches out, and a force kind of shoots from it. I don't actually know what exactly paradox casting looks like. But it does seem it's that, it's basically recursion dependent. But yeah, it does seem that your hand that you need a spare hand to direct it. So he'd probably he'd point his hand and through um suppose there's probably some show of light and energy that as uh, Cullen slowly begins to be lifted up and and um Pete will like turn to almost look at his own hand that he didn't even notice was doing this and just go what what the fucking Whoa. Nav is taking notes. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> oh, yeah. Nav on the other Woo. side, desperately scribbling. Fascinating. <laughs> All right, Colin, uh, so you still have your action. You are not able to touch the ground, but you can, like, grab stuff. I think you're still, like, near the shelving. I think you could, like, throw yourself if you wanted to, uh, because you're not currently able to touch the ground. You can't just walk. Can't someone grab him? I'm sorry, I do I'll, not I'll, know how to turn this off. <laughs> uh, I'll plant a foot somewhere and just kind of kick off of the cabinet, the the shelf, and try and float back up to where everybody else is waiting. I think you've well, so you've been lifted up to where everybody else is. Oh, okay. It's what? Where do you want to go from here, or what do you want to do from here? Because you can see the you can see an elevator. Not that far away, but just kind of up next to, yeah. You can basically kick yourself towards that elevator if you wanted to. I will do that. I will air swim towards the elevator. And as okay. I do so, I'll say, Pete, you're a paradox, my dude. Don't know what that means, but cool. <laughs> so yeah, go ahead and make a difficulty one check to like basically aim properly and not just smack your face into the wall uh what what role is that uh you have to hit a three <laughs> jesus christ that's a one incredible no. that is a gm intrusion <laughs> oh, no are you kidding me that is a free gm intrusion uh i think it's gonna be pretty basic because i actually kind of set up the stakes here but you push off and like you, you probably haven't been in zero gravity maybe ever but or at least not recently so you push yourself and kind of go careening off a little bit i think you're going to crash into the wall about uh eight feet off the ground from where you were intending to go take one point of damage but also uh your 
relatively high off the ground now, which could be unpleasant if you oh, fell from fuck. it. Oh, fuck. Did I do that? I, I do not know what I'm doing. I'm sorry. Uh, we're going to cut over to the Inklings, I believe, who they, you guys jumped and all that. So I think they're going to have to move close to you again. So they're not going to attack. Oh, actually, they're going to do something else. Wait, did... I hate to be the one to say this. Did Will jump across? No, I am nope. not. I'm. Oh, you, the, Will is right there. The Inklings would probably be targeting me. Oh, yeah. Fuck. No, you're totally right. Sexy. Thanks for the reminder. Um, uh, but I'm actually, so I'm going sorry, to. Sorry, but also. No, no, I was thinking it. Thank you for saying it. Uh, I'm actually going to have do one of their special attacks. They're going to drain light from the the area, and so uh, you are going to take. Let's see. Da da da. This is not a roll. This is, you're going to take two points of ambient damage, um, which means that it cuts through armor if you had it. Um, so yeah, there as as like everything gets way darker. I have my sunglasses. I can see. Um, you are not within the darkness though, but you Damn can see it. a globe of darkness. Basically, I can't see through globes of darkness with my sunglasses. Well, you could, but you are not in it if you cared to be basically like you could you could see through a globe of darkness but it would be an action to activate that cipher okay good to know yeah so will uh did you take your two points of might damage yes i yes actually like is this is my might damage tied to my pool yes oh boy i so you subtract points from your pool Right, and I think the last two points I took were also in might. I believe so. I have one point of that left. That's not good. <laughs> That's really bad. Oh, shit. Not like any of us know how this game works yet. I'm pretty sure it's uh, classic. If you hit zero, you're uh, debilitated or like basically unconscious before death. Mm. No. Well, so you have three pools. If one of your pools is at zero, you go down on the damage track, and that... Uh, makes things harder for you to do. And once you're down at two pools, things are really, really hard for you. And once all three of your pools are gone, you're dead. Okay, great. Have fun. Yeah, so it's not over for you yet, buddy. I put nothing into might, but uh, yeah, no, I I have plenty in everything else. Um, So yeah, back to you guys if you want to do some hopping. So what is Colin looking like? If I dropped my levitation, uh, would he be immediately falling into the abyss? Uh, No, he would just fall to the floor uh, about eight feet. It would hurt. It would be like one point of damage, but it would not be the end of the world. I see. Uh, Sarah is immediately going to jump back across to go uh, play defense for Pete. If that's what you want to do. Yeah. You're going to have to make another check. That's going to be your action. Okay. I'm going to call it a difficulty two check. It's a little bit downward, so it'll only be one this time. Aha. I've got that. I can do this. Oh, boy. That had me nervous. That was a four. <laughs> oh, wow. That, I'm, I'm, you're lucky that I set it that low. Yep, yep. That would have been, that would have been sad. I would have been very sad. Our rules have not been good today. <laughs> No, I I rolled fine, and then all of a sudden, it turned to trash. I mean, I got that 20, but you guys aren't utilizing my Molotov cocktail shield well enough. 
yeah, the Molotov cocktail, like, fire has kind of been burning out. Um, it was further back, but it did, like, keep the rest of them from attacking um, earlier. Probably the reason I still have one point of might left. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, who else wants to do a thing? Colin, do you want to try and do anything else before I inevitably drop this, drop my uh, levitation on you because I am now definitely not keeping this up? Alternatively, instead of just, I suppose we could just have me drop you and just, so we aren't metagaming. <laughs> because I don't, now that I am, he is actively, he didn't even know he was doing anyway, now he's actively dying. I don't think any part of him is keeping this up and I do need to continue it. I would have to, it's like a, not entirely a concentration, but it works similarly. I need to continue spending points, and which implies some effort that I don't think I'd be putting in right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's just say you drop me. Yes. I will drop you. We'll work out the consequences of that later. So kind of at a limp, I'll just fling myself across the gap. Seems legit. So if you wanted to, I would let... At least for now, I have I would have to double check the rules later, but I don't care right now. I'm just going to say I'm ignorant. And uh, I would let Sarah help you with that, with that jump. Basically, you're going to make the jump, and she's going to lend her help, uh, which will give... Basically, she's going to give you her skill in jumping. Handy. I just pick you up and throw you. <laughs> <laughs> So it'll be a difficulty two task 20. for you. That's my roll. No! Okay. Um, major I effect. Just fight or flight is kicked in. He's just like, oh, oh God, this is crazy. Oh, fuck this. And he will just drop the telekinesis, like full on sprint towards uh, the gap and just throw himself across it. Sarah just reaches out and just gives, like, the little foot boost and just one foot up with her hands just yeets. Yeah. Anyone have thoughts on a major effect? Uh, backflips and kicks the inklings in the dick. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. On the way across. Red backflip does sound like a good option. I can't think of anything else. I mean, like, I don't know much about the rules of this particular recursion. What if he just, like, zooms through a portal straight to the fucking elevator or laboratory or whatever you jumped so hard you tore fabric in reality so this room this place has a lot of weird things going on with gravity and i think you happen to pass through a pocket like sarah happened to help like push you into just like the right pocket and it actually lets you um like as you pass through your jump is extended and you're going to end up next to the elevator all right then or at least close enough to just kind of be there without spending another action. Excellent. Uh, who else? I think Kit, uh, Kenzie? Yes, I should be able to do things. I mean, I'm, I'm just heading to the lab. I've seen everything work out enough to, to believe that is the logical course of action. Like, I'm not... I don't think at this point Nav is worried about Sarah in any way, shape, or form. Hmm. Okay. Uh, I think, uh, how about, yeah, you can book it and I think you can press the, you can probably press the button. Oh I'm, yeah. I won't really count that. I won't count that as an, as an action. So, so tell me more about this button. Uh, it's an <laughs> elevator button. It, it does the button thing. It lights up. There's a little ding. Ooh, button. There's a ding and the doors begin to open because it's an elevator and it still has power luckily. All right. Yes. So I activate the elevator and then I, uh, stick my arm in the door 
in a very like practiced motion and wait for other people to arrive. Incredible. Uh, uh, Nate, I think you are also having an action left. You're on the ground. I will scramble up from the ground and get in the elevator. Fair. Inklings are gonna fucking attack... Sarah. 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 Sarah Bell Wilson. Yeah. They're going to make... Ah, uh, man, there's a lot of them. Let's fucking go, bitches. I'm, d- I'm trained in speed defense actions. Yeah. There are a lot of these, but I don't think they actually do much extra damage. It just... The difficulty is increased. But there are a lot of them. It's going to be a difficulty six challenge, uh, which will be reduced to five by your defense uh, skill. Then I have an edge of two in speed. Does that help me here? You have an edge of two in speed? Yeah. Jesus Christ. I mean, you can spend effort on your defense task, which is a speed task, so you'd be spending one effort. Are you sure you have have two edge in speed? Is this the right recursion? Yeah, because that was tough. Oh, wow. Incredible. That's amazing. You Basically, it costs you one speed or one one, uh, speed point to do effort for speed tasks that's incredible sweet fucking vectors are incredible for like physical stuff let's go i don't have brain cells but damn do i have the muscle to make up for it (laughs) yep uh okay so yeah um so it'll be a difficulty four so you'll have to hit a 12 holy fucking shit 15 nice uh so yeah you managed to kind of swat away like dodge ducking and weaving away from these shadowy inklings and you don't take damage congrats um as they kind of start rushing past you like a horrible flock of birds hey guys Uh, they are about as happy as a dead pig in the sunshine jesus christ (laughs) wish i could be writing these down ow i have pages of these i am so excited to use them all nav shouts across the room and asks do deceased pigs have emotions? I presume, yeah. <laughs> Noted. Okay. <laughs> uh, anyway, Will, Colin's in the elevator. Nav is kind of at the elevator. So it's basically Will and Val's characters who need to do things. Pete's going to get in the fucking elevator. He's okay. sure that he's not going to be doing anything else. Yep. Okay, uh, Val. Yeah, I'm fucking eating across the void. <laughs> Okay, it's difficulty three. Let's go. 17. My dice like me again. I put the others in dice jail. So you're getting close uh, to the elevator, but you're not there because uh, the jump was your action. Colin and Nav, you want to do anything? You can like go into like defensive stances if you want, which I believe gives you an asset on your next, on like being attacked. I'll do that. Same. Okay, these things are going to probably go for... Val again, or um, Sarah, They're or available. Bell, because uh, she's right there. So yeah, go ahead and make another speed defense task. Oh boy, let's go! <laughs> uh, it'll be another difficulty six. This is why I did not use the effort. Fair. Uh, so you're spending effort on this. So five, four. What's up? It's a fifteen again. <laughs> Sweet man, you are very dodgy. Um, you do like a fucking forward roll, and uh, these things kind of swoop over you. Oh boy, there are more of these fuckers than uh, Republicans in Congress. (laughs) (laughs) 
It's 2009, I can make this joke. Oh man, we can make like first term Obama jokes. <laughs> Ooh, I can make John McClane jokes. Ooh. Uh. John Stewart was still all the rage. Ooh. Oh God. Thanks, Obama. <laughs> Somebody has to say that at some point. <laughs> all right, uh, you have your actions again. Uh, I assume you get in, your, in the elevator. I'm fucking yeeting. All right. I assume Nav also gets in the elevator. It's not going to be your action because it's right there. Yes, I've been preparing. Um, you can press the button, close the elevator doors, and y'all start moving upward um, as these shadows like almost hit a wall. They they like swarm over the because so it's like a it's like a graded elevator. It's like a um it's not a freight elevator, but it's like big. It's metal. It's just kind of there's some openings. An old hotel elevator. It's bigger than that, but yeah. And they they swarm over, but they suddenly kind of stop and don't go through the cracks, which they, which they definitely should be able to. And you guys go up, and you're now in a decently well-lit control room. There are these... It's got windows overlooking this entire place. You can see that the cracks in this warehouse all converge to a single point um, near the center of the warehouse. And this warehouse is big. It goes on for quite a ways. You could get lost in here very easily. You guys, like, appeared pretty close to the wall, honestly. And you had to run, like, a good hundred feet. Can my skill in navigation come handy here? I mean, if you were navigating in this room, I don't, you're, you're not, like, if you're navigating the warehouse, Yeah. the, the room that you're in, looking out over this area, uh, there are these old control panels and printouts. There's um, a couple skeletons, actually, in chairs, in uniforms, kind of fallen over. Do they have name tags? They do. One of them is named Ellis Morrow, and the other one is named Anthony Vasquez. One of them appears to have been writing in a file, writing a file um, out. And the um, there, there's a few scattered around, if you want to look at these files. Do I recognize those names? No. Oh, I feel like we're absolutely going through those. Go ahead and I'm going to make, well, so the one that was open... Uh, that seems to have been being written out, says C Omega 2 Recursion Seed. As you read through it, it says cataloged March 14th, 1969. Instabilities noted, moving to high security containment on Director Piper's order. Contained by S Delta 198. And then like there were some other notes that were being written, but then the handwriting just stops. There's still a pencil in this guy's hand. Uh, that that's kind of the one that's open. Make a difficulty to check if you want to find anything particularly relevant, I guess, in these files, or if they're just like kind of random ones scattered around. I rolled a ten. Yeah, is that for all of us or just whoever? Yeah, I'm gonna take a look around. Yeah, same, mm. I guess. That's a six. Okay. That's oh, enough. I failed. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> Apparently, I just can't take it all in right now. Nav is, like, hyper-fixating on the handwriting of the person. Yeah, I get hyper-focused. I'm reading, like, every single letter and trying to make sure that there's no, like, hidden messages in it for no apparent reason. Okay. A 16. 
there isn't there isn't a secret message in it not the way that i'm going at it you you kind of dig through some like cipher files um just kind of they're just kind of general random ones but one that catches your eye it was kind of near the recursion seed thing was c lambda 7 chaos skiff it's described as somewhat decrepit it's it was damaged on a recent mission um, it show you notice that it was first acquired in 1967, last checked out on November 2nd, 1968, and it was checked in on March 14th, 1969. Nice. <clears throat> Summer of love. I I presume Nav mentioned the file number uh, that w- about the contained thing uh, for this recursion seed. Uh, which was L S Delta one ninety eight. You find, uh, let's say, yeah, let's say Will. You find a file labeled S Delta one ninety eight. Uh, it's pretty simply mentioned S Delta one ninety eight Organomer box acquired March fourteenth, nineteen sixty nine. There's a pretty basic like description of it, of being this like kind of a living metal, but. It doesn't seem to be anything particularly out of the ordinary. It's pretty straightforward. Um, just this organomer box. Oh, well, here it is. You know, crazy pounds and shadow beasts is one thing, but retail, this I can do. Hey, uh, Nav, I found the thing. Oh, yes, you found... Which thing? Sorry, I was a bit absorbed in this file. Uh, you gave me a number, and I, uh... I found that. Oh, yes, excellent. All right, I, t- I take a look at the file. Yeah, um, it's I. It's basically the same. Like it's, it. There's nothing more really interesting going on with it there. But like other than what I mentioned, Nate, you find actually a reference sheet about the filing system. It's it's pretty straightforward. This person, what they seem to have been like looking at it, just kind of making sure that they, I don't know. Am I filing this correctly? It's kind of a cheat sheet, really. But I'm going to send it in podcasts. Um, but basically, the further down the the Greek letter system, the more like powerful or dangerous the artifact is. The letter, the A, or like the the English letter, denotes like certain like origins or like laws that it operates under, and the number uh, is probably just the number that it is so omega's bad mm-hmm this one was sigma which one what was this one again i didn't i didn't quite catch the number on this one i, I are you talking to me or yes you okay my god please you were saying it in your voice um the the big one look i'm sorry her accent is infectious c omega 2 oh boy so yeah bad shit somebody tell me what's Oh, we would need to find the files. We'd just have the system. Well, we found some of the files. Yeah. There's some other ones scattered around. None of them really caught your eye. Is there anything with the C? Uh, yeah, C Omega 2. Um, there was the Organomer box, which was S Delta 198. Uh, there was also a C Lambda 7 for Chaos Skiff. So it's a Chaos thing, likely. Um, you probably know what a chaos skiff is. Actually, it's a boat that lets you go in the cha- in the strange, the chaos oh, sphere. Oh yes. So, does that file have anything about location? 
Yeah, there's like an island location number. Free boat! Considering that the entire place is big and shattered and infested with inklings, though. Not a good idea. Yeah, you could do that. Uh, behind you guys is a door. Oh, boy. I'd like to collect all of the files that I can and put them in my bag. Just like a- anything. It doesn't matter whether I thought it was interesting or not, as much as I can reasonably fit. Totally, yeah. Well, folks, the way I see it, we have two options. We can brave the warehouse again, try and find the aisle where the chaos skiff is, which will let us travel through the chaos sphere. Or we can go through this mysterious door and see what happens. Hmm. Well, personally, I'm a little uh, hesitant to try the warehouse again. I, I managed to come out of that pretty well, but not all of us did. I think it's at least worth, like, popping a head in the door, right? I choose the door. Oh, yeah. Uh, Also, a thing that I should tell you guys about, in particular because Will's character has taken a bunch of damage, uh, you have four recovery rolls each day. They happen in sequence. Your first one costs an action. You roll a d6 plus a number on your character sheet. Most of them will be zero right now. Um, And you can put points into whatever pools you have, Uh, whatever you roll on the d6. Um, Your second one takes, I believe, 10 minutes. Your third one takes an hour, and the last one takes takes eight hours and is basically you've gone to sleep for the day. The last one is 10 hours. 10 hours? Okay. The last one's 10 hours. It's basically you've gone to bed or like you've rested like a good, like a full day, and it's generally like the day has gone by. It's the next day. That's kind of your long rest one. But everyone can, if you want to, you don't have to right now. You can do them out of, you don't have to do them together. But if you want to take your action and roll a d6 to restore pools, do that now. Looking at you, Will. Please, yes, that would be nice. I'm feeling great. If you guys want to hang out in this room as well for another like 10 minutes or something, you can do that as well and let Will. If this room seems relatively secure, I think Nav is going to say, before we venture into another mysterious portal into a separate area, I vote that we take a few minutes to recharge and perhaps strategize in the case of another situation like this. I think that'd be a pretty fun idea. Cool, I regained two might points. I now have three. And then if you want to do your second one, you can. Yeah, I'll do my second one. Hey, I now have six six back, which means that I'm back up to seven, which is one off my cap. I should have invested more points in this. I didn't realize it was a health pool. <laughs> it's squishy. Yeah, boy. everything everything is both points for using points for doing things and health, kind of. It's a little wonky of a system, but it's interesting. I think it's kind of neat. It's like amount of effort you can put into stuff. I'll just Flump down and just be like, well, I, uh, don't know what to tell you. I am, frankly, I didn't even know I could do any of whatever that was. Uh, paradox, you said? Is is that what I, like, am now? As I believe Colin stated earlier, welcome to the club. I am also a paradox. We have capabilities within recursions that seem unnatural, but are really quite logical. I can explain the math to you sometime if you would like. You can just keep, you just see Pete with like, there's a pause and Pete is just staring at nothing in particular. 
you can kind of see um, as if he's either thinking really hard or just not thinking at all. And he doesn't even respond to that, to respond to what you said. And he's just kind of sitting upright. And then after a little while, he just goes, Ha! Neat. And flubs back down. <laughs> okay, let, let, let me put it this way. You know The Matrix? The movie? That was a bit overrated, but... Okay. So you know how in The Matrix, when they go into The Matrix, they can defy the laws of physics? Sure. I mean, you don't usually get to dodge bullets. Well, not one time. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, um, paradoxes can rewrite the code, as it were. Except they can also do it on Earth. So I just get to change or make up physics stuff, like, whenever I want? There's limitations, of course. But again, I really will have to talk to you about the math sometime. He, once again, his, he opened his notebook and starts scribbling wildly. They can change oh, the laws excellent. of physics. I wish I had been taking notes of when course, I first Of course, the cooking. slug people, who even needs arms? And... <laughs> <laughs> Oh, we are definitely going to have to bring you to Theo now. I mean, hey, you were you were looking to get into a bit more of the, uh, you know, more in, intense part of our line of work here. Uh, you basically just got the first class ticket. <laughs> well, you know what? After everything that's going in, I have no idea what the fuck happens now, but I'm here for it. Besides, it'll work out. It always does. February 12, 2009, Admin Log 4. It has been discovered that the resin in the central chamber contained an unknown localized energetic disturbance. So far, three agents and one laborer have been lost in the resulting explosion, with three others injured with non-lethal burns. Much of the resin in the room has been burned away, revealing equipment with an as-yet unknown purpose. Dr. Hassan is being immediately recalled from activities in the Toronto path for analysis. In the meantime, Captain Gray is maintaining a perimeter of the still active phenomenon. Nullification attempts have failed. Personnel have been warned to keep a distance, and... Hmm? The captain has reported seeing seemingly random objects launching from the phenomenon, suggesting it may be a form of inapposite rift. Communication attempts with Agent Thulis and Agent Nav will be redoubled. However, Dr. Hassan is needed to confirm. For occasional announcements regarding this production, you can follow us on Twitter at DiceWeavePod. Colin Thulis is played by Nathan Eastrom, who can be found on Twitter at BertNerdTram. Nav is played by Mackenzie Eastrom, who can be found on Twitter at KenziePhoenix. Peter Bardwell is played by Will Leet. Sarah Bell Wilson is played by Valkyrie Bradford. I'm Lexi Conwell, your host, game master, and editor. I can be found on Twitter at Conwell underscore Alex or on Facebook at Alex Conwell Creative. The original music used in this production was composed by Lexi Conwell. The logo for Diceweave was created by Allison Healy, who can be found on Facebook at Allison M. Healy Illustrator. The role-playing system and setting used for this production is Monty Cook Games' The Strange, an official setting of the Cypher system, with additional world-building by the cast of Diceweave.